Thank you for downloading the Friday Night Comedy Podcast from Radio 4. To find out more, visit bbc.co.uk slash radio4. But not until you've enjoyed this week's news quiz. We present the news quiz with your host, Sandy Toxvig. is coming to you from the Cheltenham Literary Festival. We start with a headline from the Sunday Telegraph read by Harriet Cass. Non-invasive diagnostic test for prostate cancer gets thumbs up. (laughs) And our thanks to Kevin Barker of Cheltenham for sending that in. Now let's meet the teams. Will you welcome first on my right, Fred McCauley and Phil Jupitus. And opposite them on my left, Sue Perkins and Jeremy Hardy. Mr McCauley, why is the number 1.7 million unlucky for some? I think it's unemployment because uh, that's the figure that was announced this week, I think. As David Blanchflower said, it's truly horrendous, it's much worse than I feared, and I think it's going to be over 2 million by Christmas. Which is something I've always wondered about economic statistics is why the deadline's always Christmas, which is meant to be a kind of happy time of the year. North of the border, we've got Alex Salmon going, you know, well, inflation's 5.2, it's going to be 6 by Burns night. (laughs) Do you not think the whole thing's getting weird, though, now? Because George Bush is a socialist, Gordon Brown is popular, and the banks owe us money. I mean... (laughs) But look what it's taken to make Gordon Brown popular. You need an unemployment figure moving towards 2 million, the collapse of the international banking system, climate change roaring out of control, and in that context, he's all right. (laughs) Any other context, can't stand him. He's looking too happy, though, now, because he has a little blip in popularity, but he is enjoying it way too much. Mm. And you just know how much he likes the economic... I I don't understand all this. I did an economics course at university, but it was 9 o'clock in the morning, so I never went. (laughs) But Gordon Brown would have camped the night before, to be sure, of getting a seat in the front row. He does look better and better as the economy collapses. You have a sort of sense that it's like he's Dorian Gray and we're the portrait in the attic. (laughs) My first recession... Was, was the 1981, which is when I left Sixth Form College and I got a job in a job centre during a massive recession. So basically, I worked in a really brightly coloured, well-funded orange office with no jobs in it for five years. If we'd been given out vegetable curry, I realised we would have been Harry Krishnas. <laughs> The story was about unemployment. UK unemployment has surged at the fastest pace in 17 years to reach 1.79 million, and it is predicted to hit 2 million by the end of the year. David Blanchflower. Mm-hmm. What a marvellous name that is. <laughs> it, should, uh, it should be a man who's interested in musical theatre. It should be. Hi, really. I'm David Blanchflower. <laughs> He's a member of the Bank of England's Monetary Policy Committee, and you want him to give all his announcements with jazz hands, don't you? You just want him to be doing... <laughs> Good news. Um, anyway, David Blanchflower. That's girls, you see. All the men are thinking Danny Blanchflower. You yeah, see. yeah. Who's Danny Blanchflower? Oh. I don't know who Danny Blanchflower is either. Okay. So is that's... he rugby player? Oh no. Cricketer. Uh, beach volleyball. Chef. Football. Synchronized swimming. Football. Oh. Who does he play for? You're supposed to be lesbians. What the hell is the matter with you? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean supposed to be? How hard do you have to try? <laughs> I've, I've done the certificates, haven't you? <laughs> Uh, So two points there to Fred. Phil, why is it a less testing time for our children? Yeah, small note here. If you're called 
balls. Probably good not to go into education. <laughs> and probably even better, not to name your plans after yourself. Call it the education resurgence plan or the let's get these kids into proper education plan. Don't call it the balls plan because confidence <laughs> falls. The SATs were marked very poorly last time and so now the government's done a bit of a U-turn and they're going to abolish the SATs or standard aptitude tests for 14-year-olds. If you want to know what a 14-year-old has got the aptitude for, I'll tell you right now, it's drinking cider and contracting chlamydia. That <laughs> is what they have an aptitude for. Did you not think the headline, Balls in U-Turn, was an un... <laughs> Bad headline from a Strictly Come Dancing mistake. <laughs> I, I didn't think it was a headline, I thought it was an instruction on the front of the paper. I've got a couple of uh, genuine questions from uh, the SATs for 14-year-olds. What part of a rider's body does a riding hat protect? <laughs> uh, here's another one. Do we look at the stars through a telescope or a microscope? Uh, well, it depends on the star, if it's Ronnie Corbett. Um... <laughs> Pots and kettles, Sandy. Yeah, I know. It's, it's thrilling for me, I can't tell you. Uh, School Secretary Ed Balls has abandoned Key Stage 3 National Curriculum Test for 14-year-olds, otherwise known as SATs. Uh, Mr Balls, a character I presume Roger Hargreaves rejected. Um... I love a literary crowd who know their Mr Men books. (laughs) Announced that SATs will be replaced by a system of real-time reporting of progress, or homework as it was called in my day. Two points to fill there. Sue... Where did the unelected make a stand for democracy this week? This was the failure of Jackie Smith to push through the Lords, the uh, 42-day detention bill, which has been knocking about like a sick dog that she brings out occasionally from the kennels to see if she can get adoption for it. Just passes it around, go on, Bill, do the sad eyes, do the sad... Come on, could you love this? Could you? (laughs) Think about it. Look into the eyes. And they weren't having um, any of it. She's uh, understandably irked. Jacques always are and she said uh, she's going to think of a way of bringing it back she said you know when it comes to national security there are certain risks she said that I will not take and I know because I read that on her memory stick which she left on the 740 (laughs) to Paddington and made excellent reading since fitting up has been outsourced is the problem because they've got to fly them all over the world and you know it used to be you'd beat a confession out of somebody in one night. Now they've got to be tortured in Algeria and all sorts of places. <laughs> they get air miles, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I like him. Is it Lord West, who's the counter-terrorism minister? No, he's the bloke who does a salmon. Oh, that's Oh, no, that's John West. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's the terrorists Lord West rejects. <laughs> Lord West said, apparently, a significant terrorist threat. Apparently, Al-Qaeda have infiltrated high street banks. And you think, well, they can't make it any worse, really. I mean, good luck to them. It's, uh, quite Does Al-Qaeda go about opening a bank account, for goodness sake? You know, surname, Qaeda. <laughs> First name, Alistair. <laughs> Scottish oh, Arab right, terrorists. Okay. <laughs> you had us worried for a minute there, Mr. Qaeda. I don't know if you know, but there's an Al Qaeda. That would have been highly amusing. Uh, plans to extend detention without trial to 42 days have been dropped after the government suffered a humiliating defeat in the House of Lords. They were defeated by 309 votes to 118. I mean, that is shocking. 
427 peers actually bothered to turn up and vote. Um, security services had claimed they needed more days to assess a huge amount of evidence on computers, plus time, presumably, to work out which train they left them on. Uh, Jeremy, have a listen to this. Occasionally, when people return into our lives, it gives us joy. Uh, Jeremy, that song, whose new job won't involve any hard graft? Well, the reinstatement of Lord Mandelson of, uh. of Hartlepool and Hanged Monkeys is... Um, <laughs> it looks like this is all an elaborate revenge now, because we thought, what's he playing at? Why is he doing this weird thing of bringing Mandelson back, who obviously hates him, and what's it about? I thought he was just on a wrong foot, everybody, but it's this elaborate revenge, because he's bringing him back but then publicly saying he can't be trusted with anything to do with corruption. I mean, that's, there, is, there is a history of these... You know, I mean, Jackie Smith isn't allowed keys. You know. <laughs> but um, he's not allowed anything to do with mortgages or peerages or anything. So I think it's just all been this huge, long, slow-burn revenge that Brown's got, getting back into government and then say, you are clearly a crook. And there's going to be an investigation to Tony Blair, which, is, uh, which mm. he's also going to love. He, Blair will be arrested by Monday for, for the Eccleston affair, and Brown will finally... It's, it, he's turned into Strelnikov from Dr Zhivago. Everyone's going to, all of Brown's enemies are going to be just found having had strange lawnmower accidents. You said, you said the Eccleston affair. I just want to be clear, he didn't have an affair with Eccleston. That isn't actually what... Eccleston's too small to have an affair with. Yes. He can't, be seen. he can't be seen by the naked body. Um, <laughs> I liked it. The Speaker, Michael Martin, said that he was, uh, he was extremely worried that uh, two MPs thought that Tony Blair might have misled them. I'm worried that 643 haven't noticed. <laughs> how, how well do we know uh, Peter Mandelson's private lives? Because I, I was taken by the line in that Barry Manilow song, you came and you gave without taking. Is this accurate? Moving on. Um, <laughs> I actually felt a bit sorry for John Prescott this oh, week. Did no. you ever feel left out in the cold? Yeah. Oh, not allowed to go to Checkers because he's too common. Well, to be he's fair, though, he, he confused steak dinners with steak dinners. Peter Mandelson has been stripped of responsibility for tackling corruption in his new role as business secretary when the Tories asked why responsibility for tackling corrupt businessmen had been taken away from Lord Mandelson. A government source was quick to reply, well, duh. <laughs> So, two points there, and I can tell you that at the end of round one, the scores are Fred and Phil have got four points, but so too have Sue and Jeremy. <laughs> and we start round two with a quote from an article in the News and Star. Vets across Carlisle say that due to myxomatosis, they've had to put to sleep increasing numbers of rabbis. <laughs> and our thanks to Ian Cox for sending that in. Fred, why is spending time on the internet bad for you? Um, oh, I know. It's because of the, the GCHQ bastards in yeah. Cheltenham. Do you know this? <laughs> Are we allowed to say that in Cheltenham? Yeah. I think bastards. the correct word is bastard. Yes. <laughs> if I were you, I'd leave it to Jeremy to say, yeah. but it's entirely up to you. Those charming people. Yeah, well, isn't it the case that they're thinking about taking note of all the internet sites that you visit, all the emails that you send, all the mobile phone calls you make. You're joking. The landlines and the, the texts. 
I, I, I naively assume that every internet site I have ever visited is a matter of public record. <laughs> Look, they're not going to be bothered about you going to crofterswives.com. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me, Grit. She's out by the bothy. <laughs> Is that a sackcloth robe she's wearing? Just off the ankle. Get off. <laughs> Phil, how dare you? You know for a fact there's not even electricity in these parts of the world. <laughs> internet capabilities, for goodness sake. Oh, and Skype as well. They're going to yeah. be, they, they can get whatever you... And, and I've never used Skype. I mean, Skype's it's like a Scottish word for a reprimand. I, I, ha, I do use Skype, and, and uh, you, can, you can log yourself in as any name. So for, I was Uncle Vanya for a while, and that was a bit boring. And I'm Jackie Smith now. No one has said... <laughs> no one has said a word. It's fantastic. But what do they think they're going to find on these? What is it they call Facebook? Terrorism. Yes. They think it's all to do with... that. They think that there are terrorists on Facebook. Well, there probably are terrorists on Facebook, but they're only on it, you know, when they, there really is important terrorism that oh. they should be getting on with. And you just... It's just like a, it's a modern version of rearranging your sock drawer, isn't it? You know, and then I instead of added that... Alistair Kaida as a friend. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, on Facebook, yeah. I, just, I just poked Jackie Smith, so... Um... <laughs> Uh, the government has proposed new plans to give sweeping powers to the security and intelligence agencies. I'm glad the government recognised that security and intelligence aren't necessarily the same thing. Um, I am interested, Sandy, sorry to interrupt, but I am interested, you know, given that we are in Cheltenham, how many people here do work for the government? Listen they can't service. say it's an official oh, secret. Well, I've signed the official secrets act. Who are the good listeners in this I, room? I come know. on. Uh, Cheltenham, of all the places in the world, to have a listening centre. Oh, they're having fish fingers for supper. Come and leave it. What we should do... Margaret, Margaret, come over here and listen to these people. All of us up here... So common. All of us up here, if we we all start speaking together, somebody in the audience is going to go, shh. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be outed. Jackie Smith claimed the alternative to the proposals was a massive expansion of surveillance and other intrusive measures. I don't think she really understands the word alternative, do you? I think she's really got an idea. Uh, two points there to Fred. Sue, have a listen to this. Uh, Sue, who's yes. been complaining that girls want to live forever, they want to learn how to fly high, etc.? Nuthouse Barbara Follett. We love uh, her. <laughs> Barbie Follett, as we like to call her. Barbie Follett, the culture minister, yeah. She said, Go, girls these days, they want to be pop stars. Barbara, you wanted to be a member of parliament. You wanted to sit in a small, darkened room with old men with scalp dust on their shoulders going... She has basically, you know, cast a massive shadow on the aspirations of young people. Uh, She said that the way they're going, it's going to be a Barbie society. Well, I have a few things to say to Barbara Follett. Basically, Barbie is a very happily married woman. Uh, She enjoys an enormous uh, plethora of rainbow multi-ethnic friendships, way ahead of her time, uh, mainly with Teresa, her Hispanic friend, but also had long-standing friendships with African-Americans in America when that wasn't such an acceptable thing. She holds a pilot's licence, commercial, and also she can do some industrial aviation when she wants. She's a doctor. Uh, She has (laughs) over 100 animals, including dogs, cats, through to 
some more bizarre animals like zebras and even a camel, we're told. Uh, plus a whole, you know, the usual lionesses and lion cubs and that sort of thing. And she's gone into space whilst wearing hot pants. <laughs> See to you, Barbara. That is an aspiration we should all have. Back off. <laughs> Say there's a danger of girls becoming Barbie dolled. But her name is Barbara, she's married to a man named Ken, which I. <laughs> slightly worried. And he also has moulded genitals. <laughs> <laughs> Fact, Barbara. I, I love her because she's. You start to read up about the person who's made such a ridiculous statement. She's the culture minister, she's MP for Stevenage, so she obviously knows a thing or two about culture, but. Um, <laughs> she's also minister for East of England. Now, if there was ever a job given to somebody to shut up, surely that is it. Surely that is. Oh, well, of course we've got something important for you, Barbara. Oh, I know, minister for East of England. But isn't East of England. Is that not Europe? No. <laughs> Oh, yes, I suppose it would be. Yes, that's Denmark, quite, that's quite an important brief, then, is it not? Perhaps she's taken over Denmark as a slightly worrying uh, move forward. Uh, Culture Minister Barbara Follett says that schoolgirls these days just want to win the X Factor or marry a footballer. Girls should not define themselves by how much money they have or who they marry, said Barbara Follett, the millionaire wife of best-selling author Ken Follett. <laughs> oh, he's, he's a turgid novelist. He is really he? is dreadful. Really, I managed a chapter once. Oh, it's poor. Uh, right, uh, two points to Sue. Jeremy, who thinks good health should be plain sailing? The audience is still a bit stunned from hearing books discussed. They thought we came here to get away from all that. <laughs> we uh, discussing books. We're talking about Ken Follett. Uh, <laughs> oh, this is how Health Authority have bought a yacht. And it's probably a good idea, but the problem with this programme is we're supposed to deride everything on principle and it has to be topical, so you can't just mock things from the past, like slavery and things like that. <laughs> so uh, we have to mock things that are probably quite good ideas. So, cool, what are they like? We're going to hell in a handcart. You can't make it up. Um, <laughs> they're, uh, they bought a yacht, but not for just lounging around on... But they bought it because they thought it would be quite good exercise to take deprived youngsters in Hull and get them out on a yacht, and then they'd develop team spirit... And uh, then they won't get into crime. And they'll be healthier, and therefore, rather than, you know, the health service having to pick up the pieces of the sort of people that Gillian McKeith rejects, you know. Oh, Gillian, that is it. Oh, now you've laid it all out on the table in front of me. I feel quite, feel quite peckish. Um, <laughs> Would it not be an incitement to crime? The fact that you can go out you and hot wire a yacht yeah. and get it resprayed or just ride it around a recreation ground and then set fire to it. <laughs> Uh, Hull NHS Trust is trying to buy a yacht to keep unemployed youngsters healthy. Uh, Steve Brady, leader of Hull City Council's Labour Group, said, what I'm absolutely concerned about is the misuse of public money, which begs the question why he ever joined the Labour Party. But there we are. Uh, So two points there to Jeremy, and I can tell you at the end of round two, the scores are Fred and Phil have got eight points, but so too have Sue and Jeremy. And before we start round three, here is an advert from Waitrose Food Illustrated. 25th of October... Sausage and Potato Festival. Castle Hill in Lincoln will play host to sausage-related activities. (laughs) And our thanks to Gillian McAver for sending us that. Fred, who's calling time on family drinking? It's just a good pub guide. Yeah. Why do you need a guide to where there are good pubs? Does this place sell beer? Yes. That's a good pub. (laughs) Next... The one thing that was singled out as saying that might ruin your day in the pub or your afternoon or the whole evening is badly behaved children. The kind that at the weekend, you know, they've had a week of throwing chairs at their teachers 
They're just going to throw them at barmen now and other members of the public. Although there was, I mean, there were some people who wanted no children at all. They wanted pubs with a no children logo. Fair enough. Are drunks really in a position to lay down the law? I mean, it's just because children run around too much, yeah. you know, and then, and then they think, oh, no, someone hold the floor still, you know. And I don't think they're really in a position to be criticising other people's behaviour, really. Your children are stopping me enjoying my binge drinking and subsequent <laughs> vomiting down my own breasts. Well, there was, there was one complaint that read, I'm sick of going into a pub and feeling I'm at play school. And you think, well, if you're having trouble telling the difference, it's probably time to cut down. <laughs> It's the children of the middle class, though, isn't it? Because everyone says, oh, he's working class children. It's, it's terrifying. They wear hoodies, you know. They wear hoodies and speak a strange language. And they, they stand around in shopping centres on a Saturday instead of doing crochet and, uh, you know, going to exhibitions about Greek art. Whereas the middle class children are absolute... It's like Tamsin and Joe Castor just run right to be creative and their parents won't rein them in. Yeah. It's the working class kid to get around in. <laughs> <laughs> I said to Mark Steele, I said, when my daughter reached 18, I said, oh, it's really nice now because she can buy me a, a pint in a pub now. Mark said, the pleasure of that moment's been deprived of me because I was in a pub with my son, who's 11, the other day in Crystal Palace. And for a joke, my friend said, here, get the pints in, Elliot. And Elliot went up to the bar and got served. <laughs> what was worrying about that for Mark was the barman said, usual. <laughs> So you brought the old man tonight. No, no. <laughs> the Good Pub Guide has received a record number of complaints about badly behaved children in the nation's licensed premises. Causes for complaint included children running around making noise and selling substandard drugs. <laughs> Two boys to Fred. Phil, who's gone from making jam to making whoopee? Sandy, the fact that I am here in yeah. Cheltenham, in Gloucestershire, on Radio 4 talking about the Women's Institute. Yes. I am living my mother's dream. <laughs> I dare say that after the show tonight, I'll be squired by Roger Moore. Um, the Women's Institute have done an advice video tape, and I thought, surely it's a DVD. And no, I read on, no, they've done a tape, and it's a Betamax. Um, LAUGHTER and, it, and it's full of all sorts of different advice on, on, you know, finance and gardening, and there's a cookery bit. And now, because they're the Progressive Forward Thinking Women's Institute, there's a section being presented by a lady on sex tips mm. for the Women's Institute. <laughs> like, uh, when one is being rogered over a Victoria sponge, make sure to use a doily. Uh, Are these sex tips to make ends meet during the recession? <laughs> suggest that elderly couples sit down and watch porn together. How is that going to be exciting if your grandson's there working the video? I don't... <laughs> Today I'm making my own dildo. As you can see, I'm rolling out the dough and I've got a little bit of dill. It's fresh dill. You can use dry <laughs> dill if you like. Just you can use other herbs, but they're not as funny. <laughs> the the cheap person do... wrapping things up. So, uh, just in summary, Tuesday it's flower-raging at Elizabeth's, uh, Wednesday bringing by a cake stall at Jeanette's, Thursday Marjorie's demonstrating the new Ann Summers five-speed twin-gauge narrow-shaft fibro-pressure rabbit, Friday Bridge. Bye-bye. <laughs> uh, the Women's Institute has released an online video of sex tips presented by member Janice Langley. The video aims to show that the WI can be modern and sexy and includes tips on how to knit a condom. Uh, <laughs> uh, two points to film. It would be terrible if you go to the Women's Institute and they're talking about chlamydia and you're not sure if it's gardening night yeah. or not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think if you're in doubt, it's best not to prune. Anyway... <laughs> Jeremy, whose drunken horseplay ended with a not-so-skinny dip? 
It's the Drunken Little Pony story oh, in Cornwall, story. in Newquay. For years, farmers have told us that their cattle sometimes get drunk eating apples. I just thought this was a massive cover-up for BSE. It's like, oh, nothing wrong with Daisy. Just, you're not mad, just can't idle her cider, that's all. <laughs> uh, but this poor pony ate fermenting fruit, fell into a swimming pool and mm. couldn't get out. And the woman who owned the swimming pool said, I saw this massive animal. It was a pony. I've never seen a massive pony. That would be a horse. So the fire crews and air, sea, rescue and the coast guard and everyone turned up and they built a staircase from bales of straw. That was the only thing they could think of a way to get it out and they, they had to build this little stepping thing. Pony presumably had to learn to climb up the bales of straw. Ponies can climb stairs. stairs. Yeah, ponies can do stairs. Well, a pony can climb stairs, but it can't hold its cider. <laughs> the horse is called Fat Boy. Do you not think it should be the new horse for the ads for Lloyd's TSP? <laughs> Instead of him running through a field, you just get 30 seconds of Alistair Darling trying to prop him up. <laughs> you see, because the horse got in the pool, but we don't know if the pool had one of those signs next to it with, you know... No running, no bombing, no smoking, no petting, no dressage, no <laughs> trotting. No horseplay. Yeah. He'd escaped from Trenance riding stables. Would you not have paid good money to watch the next day's Jim Carner? <laughs> I'm not doing so well at Jim Carner. I had a really, really bad night last night. Broke in, ate some apples, got really drunk, fell into a pool. Then some woman put some bales by the pool. I said, I don't climb stairs, I'm a pony. But they pushed me up the arse and then I finally went there and then I fell asleep. And then I'm here now and I've just woken up and now I've got to do Jim Carner hop and skip and hop and skip. <laughs> A fireman had to rescue Fat Boy, a moorland pony, from a new key swimming pool after it got drunk eating fermented apples and fell in. At 3am, a fire engine rushed to Fat Boy's aid, followed by a moped uh, delivering the tandoori chicken he'd ordered. <laughs> Before we reveal the final scores, let's hear the cuttings the teams have brought along, Mr McCauley. I have brought along a cutting from the Selby Times and have had it in my pocket for the duration of the show, Sandy, waiting to read it out. And um, an extra point to Fred for preparations. <laughs> the train drivers waiting to join the main line at railway junction got the wrong signals from seeing a Hambleton pest controller dressed in women's lingerie, a court ruled. Denying the charge, the accused said the Louis got some sexual gratification from dressing up both when at work and in private at home. He'd never intentionally exposed his Gentiles to train drivers. <laughs> Mr Jupiter's. I too, Sandy, have a cutting that has been about my person for at least three hours. And, I don't um, know where the time goes. Sorry, another point there to Fred and Phil. I'm indebted to uh, Matt and Heather McHale of uh, Lemisos in Cyprus for sending me this from the Cyprus Weekly. A Russian woman living in Cyprus has been arrested on suspicion of running a ring that trafficked prostitutes across Europe. The woman's arrest came about after she was fingered by a Russian man who was recently arrested in France. Miss Perkins. I'm just reading from a cutting that I have had uh, in my back pocket, warming so much so almost the ink has run, such as its proximity to my person. Point there for Sue. (laughs) This comes from Mike Charles, who lives in Gloucester. A man accused of smearing excrement in pubs will face trial next month. Sanun Daifala, 41, faces four criminal damage charges relating to spreading excrement in four country pubs and another of being equipped to do so. (laughs) 
<laughs> right, uh, thank you very much. Let's take a look at the final scores. Sue and Jeremy have got 13 points, but this week's winners are Fred and Phil with 14. And before we leave you, here's a brilliant-sounding television programme spotted in the Radio Times by Jill Figg of Swansea. 10pm, BBC Two. Wales at war with John Humphreys. <laughs> and with that, goodbye. Taking part in the news quiz were Fred McCauley, Phil Jupiter, Sue Perkins and Jeremy Hardy. In the chair was Sandy Troxfig and the news was read by me, Harriet Cass. The chair's script was written by Simon Littlefield, Roderick Crooks, Matthew Morton and James Sherwood, with additional material by Stephen Carlin. The producer was Ed Morrish. again to any of our comedies on Radio 4, please go to bbc.co.uk slash radio 4 slash comedy.